0: Good afternoon, boxing fans around the world. Back again on Combat Talk Radio, found at combattalkradio.net with a our Weekend of Boxing updates here. Feel free to check us out. Once again, the site is combattalkradio.net. Leave us some comments, questions, suggestions, feedback on how we're doing, and we will get right into our Weekend of Boxing. <music> Big fights under the bright lights. That's what we got this weekend. My name is Lightstorm, your host here at combattalkradio.net. I'm going to be covering the fights here. I'm dialing in a little bit later because I wanted to refresh on a couple of them and give a couple of updates for fights that have wrapped up. There was two fights in particular that I think were very good fights. If you can catch the playback there, because they happened in Japan, they're on a different time zone, so you miss them. But if you, didn't, if you weren't aware of them, there's a, two guys, the Shikioka brothers. Um... These guys are really good. They're on the uh, they're on the straw weight and the minimum weight. I'm pretty sure it's minimum weight and straw weight, but they're on the l- lesser weight classes. But these two guys have been making a tear as of recently, and they got two signature wins. Uh, first, I want to background some history here. There was a guy used to be his name's Mini Udin. They used to call him on NSB. You know the places, the real TBE. He's the guy that at one point had matched, and then surpassed Floyd Mayweather's record, and then he retired at 54-0. But for whatever reason, his team told him to come back, or he wanted to come back, his team told him not to. I don't know exactly which, but he came back, took a dominant loss, has never been the same since. He fought like four or five times since, never been the same. The guy he initially lost that O to, his name Pranya Pradabsri. Pradabsri then went on a tear. He had been on a streak. I think he had went like 22 fights deep without being beaten. Well, Padazuri took an L just very recently because Padazuri got dominated, absolutely dominated in shocking fashion uh, by one of the Shigeoka brothers. You die, Shigeoka. Uh, This was was major because, again, Padazuri had been on a tear since this, and then his brother, uh, he got a win. He got a title. The win that his brother got wasn't nearly as spectacular, but it still was worth noting because of the both of them. That's uh, Ginjiro Shigeoka. He beat Daniel Galadares for the strawweight title IBF. So both brothers making waves at the less weight classes. Kudos to them for that. Let's get into our boxing weekend here. Let's crash course. Of course, the top fight, and you know this only is going to really be top to you if you're in the UK, but it's a top fight for because of the guys involved. I think they're both upper-level guys, but it's not A-level. Out in Sheffield, and this is on the zone both in the US and the UK, Leigh Wood fighting Josh Warrington. I love the fight. I like both guys. I'm a big fan of both guys. Both guys run somewhat of a rebuild. Laywood is off a win. Warrington's off a a loss, a very controversial loss, but they're still reasonably young. They're still reasonably strong. Uh, Both guys are boxers, pure boxers, so I wouldn't expect a knockout here. I'm going to lean Laywood. I've been a big fan of Laywood since I've seen him start. I, I think very highly of him. Really good dude. And then the undercard of this fight, uh, Terry Harper versus Cecilia bracus of course, that's another big name fight. I I like both. I'm I'm more on the Cecilia Breaks side than Terry Harper. That's not dismissing on Harper. I just I think highly of Cecilia Breaks. I think she got a bum rap. She's older. She's at the twilight of her career. I think so. I believe Terry Harper is going to get the W on that one. Personal opinion. I could get that one completely wrong. Now let me crash course through some of these other undercard fights that I saw, and some of these were they kind of I'm like who. 12 rounds of middleweight action. Again, this is still Sheffield. We've got Kieron Conway fighting Linus Eudofia. Don't know either guy. Uh, I I looked on the records. I wasn't overly impressed with either. They're not terrible fighters, but it's a good, you know, it's a good padded undercard type of fight. Uh, I didn't want to do either guy any dis- disservice. So I didn't want to make a prediction. I looked on the raw numbers then, both pure boxers. They've been in the game roughly about eight years, seven years. Uh, I would say probably Conway has more experience, rounds in the books, maybe, but I wouldn't see that there should be anything shocking about the fight other than, you know, what you saw. Now, let's get to the good stuff. I say good stuff only if you're outside of the UK. Is this going to be good for you? Uh, This is at the Cosmopolitan in Vegas at the Chelsea Ballroom. 12 rounds of catchweight action. The return after his dominant loss of Zerdo Ramirez. Uh, he's fighting Joe Smith Jr. And if you're trying to rack your head around Joe Smith Jr., Joe Smith Jr. is the guy who knocked Bahard Hopkins straight into retirement. And if you remember that fight, B-Hop after the fight would say, he pushed me out the fucking ring. No, he punched him out the ring. That's Joe Smith Jr. Joe Smith Jr. is a decent fighter. I wouldn't call him upper level. B-Hop was clearly at the end of his career, not even close. And then Zuto Ramirez, he went up and fought Bivol. Got completely dominated. It wasn't close. 12-round domination. So this is his get-back fight. Joe Smith's coming off a loss himself. He got stopped in two rounds in his most recent fight. But both guys are power punchers. Both guys have a good amount of rounds, years of experience. Zerto has more rounds in the book. Zerto's gone the distance more than Joe Smith. Zerto has almost twice the fights. So let's put that in perspective, though. And Joe Smith's been stopped. He's been knocked out a couple times before. This feels like a mismatch only because Zerto has he has to rebuild. He's got to get back. He was pushed very heavily, he goes in there against Bival, gets completely dominated after all that smack talk he did. And so Zerdo's a southpaw. Zerto, Zerto is at a slight disadvantage with respect to experience. Even though he has the rounds in the books, when I say experience, I'm talking diversity of experience. We saw this with Bivol. Bivol seemed to just outbox the dude where you didn't expect him to get that much outboxed. It didn't make any sense how he got so completely outboxed. So my gut tells me that Zerdo's is going to win this in dominant fashion because it's Joe Smith on the decline. But don't be surprised if you see Joe Smith expose more holes in Zerdo's game because of a confidence uh, issue. On the undercard of that same event, 10 rounds of super middleweight action. Uh, the bully, Bectamir, makes his return after he got his quote-unquote revenge against Gabe Rosado in a waste of a fight, and now he's fighting, and I really want to talk about this fight, Lelantis Fox. Listen, Fox, the big thing about Fox, it's not that I don't like the guy. It's not that I'm against the guy. It's not that I don't see skill. The problem is he's flashy for nothing. It's all flash and all sizzle, no steak, as the term goes. He fought when he fought Meister, and people like NSB, the places swore that Fox got, quote, robbed. The guy didn't get robbed. The guy wasn't doing anything. He's, he's flashed for nothing. He wasn't doing anything. Fox has four losses. He's off a four-loss streak. He lost dominant unanimous. He got stopped in five, stopped in four, and then a very close loss very recently. The dude is, it's not that he's not skilled, but he's not what people make him out to be. He reminds me of Paul Williams at the later part of the career, even mid-career. Paul Williams was visual. He was not He was not the high-level skill that people presented him to be. It's not that he didn't have skill. But there were guys that were way above him. That's what Fox presents us. Probably a nice dude, and what it is, I don't see that he's a bad dude. But there's levels to the shit, and so I'm gonna say, for me, watching Bully Bechtamir go against Fox is gonna expose this. I think Bully Bechtamir, as much as I don't think much of him, I think Bully Bechtamir is gonna possibly get a knockout off this dude because Bechtamir is no nobody want to play around with. Bechtamir is at a significant reach disadvantage. Bectomir is at a significant height disadvantage. Bectomir is a Southpaw, but Bectomir seems, if, as long as Bectomir doesn't take his eyes off the prize like he did against Gabe, Bectomir is a very dangerous opponent, even for somebody like Fox with his, see, the problem with Fox is his punches have no, there's no power on anything he does. So if he's not going to be able to keep Bectomir honest and keep him to respect the power, he's not going to of this upright, I can tell you that much. So let's see, man, but I, I'm, I'm saying right now, if he doesn't go in there and do more than what I saw against Meister and some of his other fights, the guy's getting knocked out. Uh, Vox, I'm saying, because Bectomir is extremely dangerous. The last fight I caught just very recently, I, this is a different venue. It may not even be televised. This is uh, 10 rounds of junior flyweight action, women's action. It's had a place out in Laval, Canada. Never heard of either lady. This is Evelyn Nazarena uh, versus Kim Clavel. Well, that's not true. Kim Clav, I've heard of vaguely. I think I might have seen her fight once or twice. Uh, but it, I don't even think this is televised. Uh, don't know much about the fight. On the numbers, it looks like it may be a stinker. Of course, the women, sometimes they do prove me wrong. But it looks like it's going to be a stinker, but if you want women's action, there's something to, to watch. I just don't see any actual venue to see it online. That's all that's I see here. Now, Real quick, I want to circle back around Canelo and Charlo, and then apparently, this is what I've heard, apparently Jamal will not be next because it's hard to justify putting Jamal in there with Canelo after Jamel stunk the joint out. Also, Jamal is slated to have a different fight. That's like what If you heard me, I said he should take a different fight before he fights Canelo because Jamal ain't been fighting hard half a damn, so I wanted to see him back in the ring, do a get-back, See where he's at, because if he gets completely rocked or whatever against the guy he's fighting, then he damn sure shouldn't be in there Canelo. Well, then the question is, who should Canelo fight next? We're hearing that Benavidez is going to fight Andre, so those two can shut somebody. One of them can shut the other up, let's hope, and then the winner can go on and fight Canelo. So that's good. I don't think Canelo's going to stay off on the shelf that long. I think Canelo's going to want to stay busy. So the question is, who's Canelo going to fight next? He's fighting at 168. There's really not much smoke at 158 besides the guys we just talked about. So does he take a Baval rematch at 168? We were told that's likely not going to happen. I want to see Canelo back in the ring, not immediately, but I'd like to see him back in the ring before next year, if at all possible. Maybe it's not possible. Maybe he just sits it out. But again, he's not getting any younger. So... Dow just came up on deck of, okay, Jamal might not be next. And if Jamal's not next and Spence got blasted out, well, what the hell's next? And I do not want to see Crawford as that person. I want to see Crawford against Boots or Stankonia or even Jamel. I don't care. Somebody close to his weight, give him one fight to defend something. Then we can talk about what happens next. But I'm curious about Canelo and what we do there. We were told that Spence accepted the rematch for Crawford, but we were told from Crawford, well, Spence has to put in writing that he's no longer able to make 147. And then that would cause the fight to be at 154 and it's not in his control. Whether he's lying or not, I can't know. I'm not sure on that one, but we don't have a final on Spence Crawford rematch. I think it needs to happen, but we don't have it signed, sealed, delivered. It's not yours. Shakur Stevenson very recently has been talking about with Bob Arum staying with top rank and not actually jumping ship because apparently top rank is able to pay him the money that he wants to stick around. Allegedly, Top Rank made an amazing offer to Frank Martin, who is on the PVC side, to come over and fight Shakur. Apparently, or allegedly, Frank Martin's manager accepted the deal, but Frank Martin himself refused the deal. Shakur went on a rant on social media, which caused Frank to flack back and say, No, we're not. Now I'm definitely not going to do it because you don't do that. I don't play this mess. We don't know what really happened. We don't know who denied what. We don't know if the deal was any good. We don't know anything because remember, The person who promotes Frank Martin is Spence. And Spence is, of course, trying to deal with himself and his family right now. So that could have caused some disruption. We don't know. That's what I got on deck. I will check in with you guys next week. Thanks for dialing in.